She was a mother, a brother, a sister, a friend. Today, we respectfully remember E! News and all the joy and important information she brought into our lives. Born on June 18th, 2001, we knew from the minute that we met her that she would be something special. Her impact is greater than could ever be summed up in words, and we will truly never forget her. Okay, I think this has gone too far. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back to Giving You Everything. Where do I start? The one thing that I really miss is gossip television. Oh, I used to, I miss E! News, uh, Bravo, all of that. And now I spend a lot of time watching these YouTube videos called Clever News. Emil Ennis Jr. is my favorite reporter. Honestly, if I click into a video and if Emil is not reporting, I click right out. <laughs> I won't have it any other way. But I used to spend hours on this website called Just Jared, just scrolling through everyday pictures of celebrities walking the streets of New York City or grabbing an iced coffee in LA. I used to have a reputation. <gasps> in my office. I know you don't really want a reputation in the workplace, but I had a reputation for having a vast amount of celebrity knowledge, which I'm not sure how valid that statement is because I was literally the only person reading celebrity news. Nobody else was for a long time. Every conversation I would have with people would be like, did you hear about such and such? Sure. Is dating so and so? Everybody would be like, no, you're the only person who knows that here. A lot of my coworkers used to joke like, oh, how come you don't have a job at Star Magazine or People Magazine? I, honestly, if you met me, I probably am too much of a softie to have made it in a soul-sucking field like celebrity gossip. But you know what? I think things worked out for the best. <laughs> I'm happy to just be a passive consumer instead of a reporter. I think the thing that makes these celebrity gossip news outlets so fascinating and they really pull me in is because we love to know that people with visible levels of success like celebrities are just like us, that they do normal things like Paris Hilton's YouTube video. If you haven't seen Paris Hilton's documentary, This is Paris, I honestly highly recommend it. It it really gives you an insight into her life and how incredibly intelligent she is. That's hot. And it's just fascinating and also sad, but stay on topic. I really love her YouTube channel. And she has like these videos where she does everyday things. Like there's a whole video of her making lasagna. And I think in some respects that makes us feel like, you know what? I am capable of so much more. If Paris Hilton can make lasagna and I can make lasagna, then can I also have my own perfume empire? I think, I think that's a yes. 
I think there used to be this section in like People Magazine or Star Magazine that was like celebrities, they're just like us. And it's pictures of them filling up their cars with gas or like getting coffee. They probably hate that, but I love, I love to see those pictures. (laughs) I'm that person who just loves to take it all in. I was going to say obsessed is maybe too strong a word, but um, she's obsessed. And an extension of that takes the form of loving to read celebrity memoirs. I... I mean, I love to read and I happily read anything really, but I have noticed that the things that I just breeze through are celebrity memoirs and it's because I enjoy them so much and I thought it might be kind of cute to start a series. I don't know. This is the first one, but we could call it Celeb Self-Help. Tell me you don't love that. I bet the quote unquote celebrities don't, but... It's okay, it's just you and me here. If you've ever read a celebrity memoir, they're actually surprisingly raw and pretty open. A lot of times, almost too often, I find myself reading the books that celebrities are really notable, public figures put out, and the things that they disclose are incredibly intimate and personal. And I'm frankly quite surprised. I guess maybe a book has a smaller reach than, say, Twitter, but it's still in print and you can buy it on Amazon or check it out from your local library. The benefit in that is that they offer a lot of relatable life advice. And so this week, I would like to talk about Busy Phillips's 2018 memoir, This Will Only Hurt a Little. I know I'm a little late to the game, but life lessons are evergreen. So let's dive in. The first thing I wanted to talk about was the tone of voice or the quote-unquote vibe, as the kids call it. I mean, I'm young, okay? I'm gonna stop pretending like I'm a little meme but Busy's book has a very conversational tone, and it, I think I can speak for everyone when I say that is literally what we came for, so we're not mad. I love that she's not afraid to do that and to give the people what they want. What do we want? Juicy. Gossip. When do we want it? Now. And it also makes me feel like if you were to know her as a real person in the world, when you hang out and chit chat, it would be exactly like that. She would give you the tea. And you really get a sense of her personality, which I think sometimes when you read a book, a lot of people feel pressure to write an author voice, which it's great if that's the kind of style you're going for, but it really diminishes your authenticity. And I really felt like I was hearing from Busy directly, which I really loved. Something that was really interesting and clever was the way that she was able to take you back into the mindset of her younger selves. And the words she uses and the way she describes her priorities as a teen and what matters to her, it really made you feel like you were there with her in her lived experience. And she talks about, you know, booking a gig as a model, playing share 
Horowitz at a toy convention and how she's so determined that she retakes a class online twice because she wanted to book this gig and just the inner monologue she has about like, this is so important for my career and I was born for this part and school's such a joke and adults are, all these administrators are idiots. This is not a phase mom, but like really it's like so there's so much truth in that and i really enjoyed it and i just love that she just is like this is who i am these are the thoughts that i had and it is what it is that also goes hand in hand with her personality which we kind of see through these little moments where she has very creative ideas one story that really exemplifies this that i loved was when she decided that she wanted to have a surprise wedding i just thought that was a hilarious i guess you know it's funny because it's unexpected and it makes a wedding exactly what you would want it to be for yourself like you would want it to be this really fun night almost like it's unreal and i thought that that was hilarious that she was like you know what we're gonna invite everyone tell them that it's a surprise birthday party for me but i'm gonna show up in a wedding dress Busy's writing style and the things that she chooses to tell us about really just confirm what we all suspected, that she's fun to hang out with. She would be really fun to hang out with. All of this added together make the book really easy to read and... Let me tell you, I am a slow reader. She offers some really great lessons on like being yourself because people do respond to that, whether it's in writing or whether it's how you show up in real life. And I know that bit of played out advice is tough because sometimes like clamming up or mimicking other people seems to be a thing that comes really naturally to a lot of us but it helps us understand one another ourselves and build trust and honestly I really trust busy after I read this book to have lived enough life to remember the exact periods busy references it's really fascinating to me that her young adult life like her early 20s and basically the start of her tv career at a time when i was a teenager basically i think like those points in your life you have a lot of nostalgia around that and especially when it comes to pop culture you remember all these things that you saw on tv or that you talked with your friends about or that you used to like obsess over or think we're so cool and um she was an adult at that time in my life or that time in the world and so it's really interesting to have this mashup of hearing these stories about how you know she was this 
young woman who had a lot of ambition, but was still really unsure of herself. As an outsider looking in, you would have thought, oh, well, she's really making it because she's like on my favorite show, Dawson's Creek, and she's showing up on red carpets in these really cute dresses and come to find out, you know, everybody is going through something and you don't realize it. And I never would have known, you know, that she didn't necessarily have the greatest time. It's interesting to learn about how people in her life treated her because I think that is also a pattern that happens again and again, almost like it's a hallmark of certain stages of your life for growth and talking about Dawson's Creek, like how the writers of that show really did her dirty by writing her character out. She had said in the book that like, you know, she was really lonely and she really tried to combat that by like going out a lot and drinking. And the writers on Dawson's Creek, they used this storyline to write her off the show saying that her character was an alcoholic and that's how she left the show. I don't want to wait to excuse me what? That is like the perfect example of this pattern of people around her taking advantage of her. That kind of came up a lot in the book and one of the stories was about how her ex-boyfriend and his brother pushed her out of this creative project that she had come up with. Essentially it was her idea and the idea was actually the movie Blades of Glory. Like can you believe it? I didn't even know. I had no idea. Just hearing the way that it went down, like she had come up with that idea and then her boyfriend decided to work on the project without her. And then when she asked to be included or tried to speak up for herself, he basically started telling her she was the problem. Then you hear he didn't really work. I mean, he had a job at a, at a chain of some kind. And she was supporting him. She like bought his suit to go to the premiere and they were on the red carpet. And I know this is really like uncool, but you better believe I immediately Google image searched that and it's crazy. Perhaps the world's most awkward time capsule. It's like the equivalent of those photo inserts that are usually in memoirs, like right in the center of the book. It's honestly like this insane reminder that everything that goes on the internet is forever. No one old enough to know what MySpace is, is safe. The thing that's most interesting to me about photos like that is just realizing how much people change. Not like in the bad way, but it's like, wow, I've had so much growth. Not saying that I'm busy in this situation, but just generally speaking, where we realize looking back on now that you've survived it, you're like, you know what? I'm much tougher now. A lot of busy stories talk about how there was this pattern in her life of being silenced or being taken advantage of because she was a girl and it happened on all sides. The usual suspects and also the not so usual suspects like boyfriends, people in business, co-workers, and even herself. 
which I think is the saddest part because it happens really often. And when we silence ourselves, sometimes we don't even realize it. But she puts into words this uncomfortable, ambiguous experience that I believe that all girls have felt. It's a time when someone tells you you're being crazy or you're being defensive or demanding or too sensitive. And then you feel like a total idiot. And better yet, you stop yourself before even speaking up because you're scared of even facing those accusations. You don't want to be the problem. You don't want to make other people upset. You want people to like you. That's a dangerous one. You really like me. You really, really like me. Oh, please like me. But the craziest part of it all is that I think that most girls think that they are the problem. And because they've been embarrassed before, they're too ashamed to talk about it with other people. So we're all just kind of like shrugging our shoulders and clutching our elbows, trying to stay out of everyone's way. And that's so dangerous. Busy writes this one story about how she had this boyfriend in high school who she absolutely idolized and he treated her like dirt. Ultimately, he put her in this really life-altering situation and he let her be the scapegoat and then just moved on with his life. And she decided that it was her fault and that she would remain silent. Everybody is just shamed into thinking that they're a problem that they don't even want to speak up when things really are bad. Remember that your voice matters. The last topic of Busy's book that I wanted to talk about was motherhood. I always knew that motherhood was scary and I have my high school health classes to thank for that, but I honestly, I didn't know until just recently was that motherhood continues to be hard way beyond labor and birth and what people say that having a baby wrecks you doesn't even begin to cover it. I'm sorry, mom. I came in like a wrecking ball. Not only is your body shredded and not in a good way, but it also takes a toll on your mind. And scary enough, postpartum depression is more common than the news makes it out to be. Postpartum is a defined period that can be anywhere between months and years, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know if it really sinks in. It's not the blues and it's genuinely a deep depression. I didn't really grasp this whole concept until I heard accounts like Busy's. She talked about some of the spiraling thoughts that she had after her baby and how she sought therapy, which I thought was really interesting. I know it's really in vogue to talk about therapy and be open about that, but more and more, more mothers are coming forward and saying that there's a lot of shame associated with seeking therapy because people put all these expectations on mothers that, you know, you should constantly be with your baby, that you should be overjoyed to have this new person in your life. It's not to say that they aren't those things, but they also deserve time for themselves. Moms are people too. Some of these more spirally thoughts that Busy brings up are more common beyond postpartum depression. Do people hate me? Am I too sensitive? 
perspective, was I happy as a child? Was I ever really happy? Is anyone happy? And a lot more people feel this way than you think. And motherhood is, I'm sure it's amazing, but it's way, way harder than people say that it is or that you might realize it is because moms are so strong and they make it look so easy. How do they do that? Anyway, I think it's time that we wrap things up. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Thank Busy for sharing her story and these nuggets of quote-unquote celeb self-help. I really want that to stick. We love the conversational vibe. The time warp was a trip. And the honesty about the female experience and motherhood and postpartum were really illuminating and eye-opening. If you like this book club slash recommendation, let us know at givingyoupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks as always for hanging out with us and please subscribe share the show with your friends and leave us a rating wherever you're tuning in from until next week take care of your vibe body and your mind i don't know what i'm saying bye